there is a movement sweeping across the land where fascination, understanding, transformation, and the story come to life. Read the story. Experience the Bible. Hey, welcome to another Pastor's Bible Study here with Desert Foothills. We are going through the Story Bible, and we're in chapter 12, which is the second chapter for the story about King David and mm -hmm. his life. He was such a central figure in the Old Testament, really in all of Scripture, uh, such a, a very important uh, person, uh, a good king, a man after God's own heart, mm -hmm. and yet a man in, yeah. in every way, uh, with all of the faults and, and sins that, uh, that come with it. I think what distinguishes David from, well, the king before him, Saul, that you're familiar with, but all the kings that come after David is that, is that the way God described him, right? Uh, a man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. um, well, all the other kings of Israel uh, were led astray, distracted, uh, with even other gods, worshiping other oh, yeah. gods yeah. Uh, from the neighbor, from their wives, that would, they would build, you know, political alliances. Yeah, in the culture, yeah. They would talk them into building a temple for their God in this land and their God in this land. And, um, but David uh, was faithful to the Lord, God of Israel. And uh, now he certainly had his uh, sins. Sure. Now you mentioned he's human, right? His trials, uh, but he always returned uh, to the Lord for that forgiveness. And I think that's probably what we would focus on uh, in this lesson today is uh, David's, well, his heart of repentance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you, uh, we don't want to rehash everything. If you want to capture the first part of the story, uh, go back and look at this past uh, Sunday's sermon and you can see it's the story of obviously David has grown up. He is king as Pastor Mark mentioned. And we come to a section in which David just, he slips up. It's that very common story that people outside of the church know well. Mm -hmm. uh, David and Bathsheba, those hands seem to go, or excuse me, those names seem to go hand in hand, just like David and Goliath. If you would yeah. do that, like on Family Feud, right? If they would put them up there, David and people would say Goliath and David and Bathsheba. Yeah. And you know, he's known for his big victories. And he's also known for his big faults. And I would say that's not probably too different from our lives a lot of times, too, that people will know us for maybe really good points or high points in our life, and they'll recognize us for times that we failed, too. And we probably remember things about uh, our own life in that same way. But a big piece of this is not just uh, the slip-up that he has, but the aftermath of that, what he learns from it. Yeah, so from your sermon on Sunday mm -hmm. covering this chapter... Um, you, know, you got into the the whole storyline of uh, David and Bathsheba had all kind of played out. Of course, the key there that David uh, was confronted uh, with his sin. He confessed his sin. He received forgiveness. Uh, what I really like about the story Bible is that interwoven into that narrative of, that, of how it all went down, uh, there's two psalms yeah. that David wrote later yeah. uh, in, in his life but that apply to this situation, or this moment in his life. And they really are perfectly placed. The author did a great job with that. Yeah. So uh, 
Nathan, the prophet, Pastor Nathan uh, for, of Israel, uh, confronts David in a very creative way. He's a, a, a good, a good uh, communicator, mm-hmm. right? And that story he told. Uh, confronts David. David says, I have sinned against the Lord. Uh, that's that. Those are those words of confession that we say, I'm a poor, yeah. miserable sinner. Yeah. And then uh, here in the story, it inserts the, the psalm uh, where David is praying, singing and praying. Right? Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. And the fact that he, he knows God's love is unfailing, you know, God has great compassion. Uh, he is bold in going to the Lord, confessing this wrong that he's done, this sin. And I think about that on Sunday morning. Uh, if we have new people, maybe mm-hmm. they haven't experienced that yep. uh, element of worship before. Yep. And uh, occasionally I'll try to just do some commentary to set people up for that moment in yeah, the service. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good for, I because, think, all of us, too. Because um, you... We don't naturally just want to go out and just tell everybody, hey, we're terrible people. Hey, you know, I really messed up. I blew it this week. Yeah. Um, but the reason that we do it, the reason we want to do it, right, is because we know uh, God has unfailing love. Right? That he has great compassion. And these aren't burdens that we were meant to carry around with us no. um, for the rest of our lives. Um, but... Jesus came to bear that burden for us, to take it, to lift it from us. And so it's a, it is a humbling thing to confess our sins on, say, Sunday morning, but it's, yeah. but it's a freeing experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to do that. So I hope people, again, especially the new people, maybe experience the first time, can, can see it in that light mm-hmm. and experience it in that, in that way. Yeah, maybe this is something we can remember even when we're saying confession. Maybe even this Sunday, whether you're uh, watching at home, online, or if you're with us in person, uh, I know it's easy uh, to kind of just repeat those words, whether they're on the screen or most of us probably have them memorized by now, just to let them kind of rattle off our tongues. But maybe this week, really taking time uh, to think about those. You know, David does that in his psalm when he has this time of confession. He takes it super seriously. And he knows what's actually being uh, expelled here from him and unto God. And uh, if you're following along with this, Pastor Mark was just reading there. It's page 163 of the story. Uh, Flipping over to page 164, just a little ways down. Uh, I love there where it says, uh, So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. You know, David actually recognizes that, you know, God is justified because he is God to be that rightful judge. You know, this isn't like somebody in the world saying, who are you to judge me? Well, this is this is God. Yeah, you are the one out of every anything that has ever existed that has the right to be able to judge. God is that one. He is the one that created not only the laws that we are to follow, but is the creator of all things. And so he has that responsibility. And I love that David recognizes that, saying, you know, everybody I need to come to, Lord, yeah. I have sinned against you mm-hmm. in doing all of these things. And you are right to be able to judge me for them. Yeah, exactly. And then the very next line, surely I was sinful at birth. Yeah. 
Now that's one that Luther uses in his catechism mm -hmm. uh, to talk about original sin, that whole concept that we are born uh, in a sinful condition with a sinful nature as, mm -hmm. a, as a part of us. And uh, David obviously sees that and confesses that. And I think uh, for me, it helps me. So most of the time, whatever, I, I kind of have the, this frame of mind that because I do bad things, I'm a sinful person. But it's because I'm a sinful person, I do bad things. Like it's because I have the sin nature yeah. inherited from Adam uh, that we all have. Right? It's 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 more than just what I do and don't do. Yeah, it, it's a deep <laughs> uh, uh, cleaning that I need. Yeah, and that's and that's not an excuse, right? We don't use no, no. that like an excuse. And actually, I think it mentions that as we move on just mm -hmm. a little bit too that it really is an excuse. Uh, I even like that it goes even further in depth. As you mentioned sinful at birth even uh, from when I was conceived, you know, for like this moment right away. But yet, you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. That, you know, it's from the instant God actually needs us to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, everybody always wants to know what is that age of innocence sometimes people will talk to that a child has yeah. before they reach this sinful place. It, it doesn't exist. From this moment of conception, the sin is there. And from this moment of conception, God is requiring uh, perfection. And this is why, you know, it's so important, even in the story of Christmas that we approach, of why uh, Jesus, when he is conceived, it is by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it is unto this virgin birth. He didn't pick Joseph and Mary and say, hey, the child you will have together is going to end up being the savior of the world. Mm -hmm. This child actually has to be conceived perfectly from God by the Spirit right. uh, to be able to actually even have a chance of going forth of being our, our savior that is to come. So I like that that David you know says, you know, this isn't just a, mm -hmm. an excuse or something to push off. It really is serious, and God, you are the one to be able to judge me. Yeah, that's good. Well, this kind of goes down a little bit further. Uh, David continues with some very poetic, mm -hmm. uh, very clear elements of uh, just going to God and saying, you know, please forgive me. As the story goes on, uh, it says on the top of page 165 there, then Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. And yeah. you know what? I hope people, when I read this, I can even feel like this element of just fresh air yeah like yeah. this breath and i hope people feel that on sunday morning too and maybe this is something you can practice again even this week when that uh announcement of your sin and that actually physical forgiveness has taken place of the lord unto you uh, i hope you feel that same thing too that you know it's something that that is fleeing from you and when that happens for david it his life does change there's this uh, obviously time that goes forward where he has uh, deep repentance. Uh, there's uh, a huge punishment that still does come down upon him. Just because he says, I want to be forgiven and God forgives him, doesn't mean there are no consequences whatsoever, just like in our lives for all different things. But uh, once this passes, 
David does not forget God. He actually comes back to him and praises him for his forgiveness. And I will say this is something maybe I don't always think about. I do thank God for a lot of different things, but maybe really taking time to thank God for the forgiveness that he has given to me. And so that's the next psalm that's recorded there on page 165. Uh, David starts going into being able to bless the Lord, as we talked about in one of our uh, Advent services, of being able to give praise to him and thank him for all the great things he does for us. Yeah, he starts off, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Um, yeah, he's praising God for the forgiveness of sins. And it's actually another element in the Lutheran liturgy, the, the liturgical service. I mean, there's confession, there's absolution, there's a hymn of praise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's joyful, joyful, or it's this is the feast, yeah. victory for our God. Yeah. It's, it, uh, and again, I do. I hope people have that breath of fresh air, that burden, uh, relief of the burden on their shoulders and and their hearts. You know, I got to do a better job of that on Sundays when we lead. And I'll try to remember that even this Sunday, uh, being able to just to bring that up after that time, like, Hey, this is our hymn of praise that we're going to sing for today. Let's remember during this time what we're praising God for. It's not just, Hey God, thanks for the day. It's super awesome. But (laughs) praising you for that forgiveness. I like that. Yeah. This next piece here, I think is such a good description. Uh, David talks about when he is not confessing what he feels like. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away uh, through my groaning all day long. And he talks about just, it goes on, for the day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the uh, heat of the summer. And all of us here in Arizona know what that's what that's like. All of us in Arizona. But I, I think all people know what that guilt is. Yeah. Unconfessed. Yeah. Sin, with that physical uh, manifestation, the, the emotions, the, the anxious, the, the grief, the guilt that comes with... Just that uh, burden upon someone. Yeah. It comes with uh, unconfessed sin. Um, yeah, no, he he says that so so po- poetically, yeah, so well. But then he pushes on, right? I but then I acknowledged my sin and did not cover up my iniquity. He talks about how he confesses to the Lord and how the Lord forgives not only his sin but also his guilt. He takes yep. this guilt uh, away from him, and so because of this, uh, David is able to celebrate and he's able to give this praise then unto the unto the Lord. Yep. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Right? Rejoice and sing, all you who have been forgiven, who have tasted that sweet uh, absolution uh, from, the, from the Lord. Uh, and that's a, such a great uh, piece for us to always remember, that concept of rejoicing. And, you know, Scripture tells us that a lot. And, you know, all times and at all places that we were supposed to be able to give uh, joy and praise to our Lord. And uh, what a time for us to be able to remember that, you know, in this season of Advent as we look forward. And I know if your lives are anything like Pastor Mark and mine, and I'm sure they are, it gets busy. Uh, To be honest, before we sat down to, you know, record this Bible study just now, 
we're going through all these different things that uh, the two of us need to do and get down to it, uh, but also saying, you know what, this is important for us to be able to do and for people to be able to be a part of. And so even in that busyness of the season, make sure you take time to be able to slow down, uh, to be able to pause, and to be able to spend time in the Lord, uh, both confessing the things that we need to confess and also rejoicing with the things that we need to rejoice, just like David does in both of his Psalms for today. And so as we wrap up uh, our time uh, for this morning or afternoon, evening, whenever you're uh, joining us, Remember today uh, that forgiveness of sins uh, that God gives to you and receive that today for that's a blessing that God gives directly to you because of what Jesus does for us in that manger and upon a cross. Thanks again for being with us uh, today. Hope you can catch us for our midweek service, last one uh, tonight in person. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course for this Sunday as we celebrate our Lord once again. We'll catch you next time. Bye.